everyone and welcome to season one episode two of the unique minds podcast i am your host jt and joining me for our second episode i'm so thrilled to be able to welcome uh unique minds team member shawnee bisgrove uh shawnee say hello hello <laughs> what i feel like that was a really solid intro <laughs> It was, it was. I just hate the sound of my own voice. So oh. <laughs> I know when I listen back to this, I'm going to be like, oh God, why do you sound like that, Shawnee? <laughs> I love the fact that the, at that point, it was only my voice you'd heard and that was enough <laughs> to make you laugh. So listen, we're, I'm so glad that you're on this uh, tonight. I'm so grateful that you've given up your time to record this. I have um, so many things I wanted to ask you about, about the work you do and um, of course, all the, uh, the amazing things you've been doing for Unique Minds since you joined the team. Um, I know that obviously as someone who has become part of this community and is now involved in both the admin and support and the creative side. Was there like one thing that you think made you really gravitate to Unique Minds? Like, did, Was there something that, that really caught your attention and made you want to be a part of it? I think it was Zoe's story because I didn't actually know Zoe until um, I'd started to see Stella more. So me and Stella have been friends since secondary school right. <laughs> we actually got up to a lot of stuff um, <laughs> that could but... be its own podcast <laughs> yeah that's, that's for another day um <laughs> but yeah when I first heard about Zoe I was just like that is actually like, awful that is gut-wrenching like and it's something that touched quite close to home because I've been in that situation myself and then I started to speak to Zoe more and got to know Zoe and I was just like this is something I want to be a part of. In fact, I need to be a part of. And that's really interesting because then did you find that because through making that connection with Zoe, it sort of almost became like inevitable that you would want yes. to be a part of this? Yeah, 100%. Zoe is amazing. She is someone to look up to and I literally admire her so much. So, yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think so much of what we try and do with Unique Minds is try and make connections with people that are like-minded. And I know that... Well, I know, again, this and what's so tricky about this is we have to, we obviously have to be very careful about what we say about professional services and et cetera. But I know a lot of the narrative around mental health is often centered on people saying, oh, this failed me or I didn't yeah. get the support when I needed it. Um, yeah. Can that be difficult for someone like you, given what you do? As, and we'll obviously get to what you do in terms of your day to day work. Have you found that can be difficult? to talk about things honestly when perhaps like like have you found moments where you've really had to like bite your tongue about yeah, this a hundred percent even at work sometimes i have to bite my tongue i'm just like oh you can't really say something like that but yeah it's it's a bit mm, yeah i don't know like sometimes i think like do you know what yeah just just say it just do it and then sometimes you're like no because of the repercussions that can come with it so right absolutely yeah. so so for context then tell tell everyone listening what is your day job what do you do typically nine to five I work in a care home, one of the best in Hertfordshire, if I must say. I literally <laughs> love my care home so much. Like I looked at a few before I started where I was, and this one just is absolutely amazing. That's awesome. So is that has that been a uh, that's something you've always wanted to do, or is it something you've kind of done in sort of in only the last few years? No, do you know what? So I started off. Um, Actually, when I was in school, um, my work experience, I <laughs> I got the I pulled the last straw. <laughs> I ended up doing <laughs> dog grooming because there was nothing else left because I missed school that day. That sounds um, awesome. <laughs> but do you know what? It was amazing. And then from that point on, I was like, do you know what? I wanna I wanna work with animals. And then I changed my mind and I started doing beauty therapy. And I actually done like six years 
at college I'm actually a qualified beauty therapist level three and everything so I could technically work in a salon but oh, wow. it just it just wasn't enough for me and then um, my mum got diagnosed with cancer and I actually became her carer and wow. then when she passed away I felt like well what am I supposed to do with myself now like I was in in the like I don't know how to say it um I was in the mood for caring, if that makes any no, sense. No, I get, yeah. I get it. You kind of, you because you'd lived it almost yeah. through, by, through experience. Yeah, there was yeah. something missing. But, so. that's, but a lot of people would have then, especially if you having gone through the emotion of that, wouldn't then, that takes a certain kind of person, I think, to then gravitate towards that as a career. Yeah. So um, that, that, but that's quite a shift. Like when you look at the trajectory of your, of what you've done professionally in working life, that those things could not be more like polar <laughs> opposite. Um, I know. It, was that, was that something you like expected, or did that was that genuinely a surprise? No, because I was cleaning after I left college and I had my beauty qualifications. I did do a little bit of working from home, did a couple of treatments, but then I just thought, well, this is a bit boring actually. <laughs> so right. then I I started working with my best friend at a cleaning company, and I worked there for about four years, and I actually really enjoyed it. But in the end, I was just like this this doesn't lead anywhere I'm going to be if I stay in this job I'm going to just be cleaning forever you can't advance from a cleaner like yeah sure. I could have become like a manager or something but I still would have just been telling people to clean instead right there's no progression necessarily <laughs> yeah exactly so I wanted something where I could excel and at this care home there were so many different opportunities they'll put you on any training course you want to go on you can learn to be a nurse anything you want so that's fantastic i mean yeah. so how long have you been doing that now um this is my third year now three years in that's fantastic um yeah so this i suppose what i'm what really intrigues me about what you do because i think there's i do think there is a certain perception and a certain perhaps a certain stigma that often gets associated with um particularly elderly care that it's kind yeah. of it's it's treated like this thing that's a burden and and it, it's difficult and 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 it it can be a little bit like it can sap your energy a little bit and i think it's so important that yes of course there's it's going to be challenging it's hard work but i think what gets lost is the emotional value not just yes. for the people you're caring for but the value that it brings you as a person like you say you you were doing the you, you were a cleaner you did the beauty training you did all those things but it just wasn't fulfilling you it wasn't like no, ticking, ticking that box so it, uh, what I've, I'm so interested in is what that day-to-day -day looks like for you so what what would be a typical day for you doing the work that you do <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a huge well, question <laughs> well do you know what I start my day off and I'm so happy to be in the building to be honest with you and I'm so proud I just want to say I'm so proud of my team right now because we have had not a single suspected case of COVID in the whole building in the whole time that this has been happening. So Whoa. that's one, yeah, we've done really, really well with that. Um, that's, by the way, that's a whole other thing that I know. I, I mean, I, I, we can touch upon this now, I think, is that is the, the safeguarding required yes. to secure something like that. So, because I know you've you've been invaluable to us as with Unique Minds about providing information about COVID guidance, PPE and things like that. So is are there considerations that are specific to the work you do for things like covid or is it kind of just nope this is business as usual it's got to be like the same as everyone else socially distant mask up is it is it fairly consistent with what we're all doing 
So as soon as um, the pandemic came about, our building locked down completely. Immediately? Um, no, yeah, no visitors whatsoever, which was awful for the residents because for our dementia patients, all they really have is their visitors. And if they go for too long without their visitors, they start to forget. So that has become really, really challenging. But yeah. Yeah, it has been hard, but apart from that, it's just it's the same as usual. Social distancing. Um, we try not to mix too many floors, so we've got three floors in our building. We've got um, ground floor, which is residential, which is just like your nan, really, mm. just in her own room. She'll get up, she'll go do what she wants, gets her food, reads her books, all does all of her activities, goes to the salon, blah blah blah. Then you've got um, the nursing floor, which is obviously end-of-life care. That's probably the hardest floor to work on. And then you've got top floor, which is the dementia floor, which most days is absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't even explain it. You just have to see it. It's just, it's mental up there. It's hilarious. So it, some but, days, obviously. Is, yeah. it, is, <laughs> are you assigned to a single space or do, is it kind of each day you're going to, maybe Monday you'll be on this floor, Tuesday you'll be on a different one or do you tend to stick to one thing? Well, it's, it all depends on the rotor, really. They tend to try and keep you on your floors because you build up relationships with your residents and they of get course. used to you and they get comfortable with you. So I'm usually residential, which is so easy for me because they can look after themselves, basically, so I don't have to do anything. You've kind of hit on something there that I wanted to ask you about, which is something I hadn't considered, that the fact that you guys went into like an immediate lockdown and that's as is that still in effect? Um, we're slowly starting to welcome visitors back into the building. But what we've done is we've got plastic sheets all over the chairs, sanitizers, masks. We've got um, slots that you have to book in. Um, they're twenty minute slots. You don't get no longer. It's awful because sometimes we have to cut their visits short. And it, oh, honestly, oh, it's the worst thing. But yeah. we do it. Um, we have a private dining room which no one ever really uses. Um, apart from like on special events like if someone wants to come in for a birthday party they'll rent out private dining and we'll do them their own like little party in there so whilst it's not being used uh, the doors for private dining actually lead to the outside of the building so we're able to welcome people in through the outside of the building so they're not actually coming through the care home oh nice and then they're behind plastic screens so right because that's something I, I I think is really I'm glad you brought this up because it's something I'm very conscious of with my my grandmother is uh, she lives at home she's she's 93 she lives in St Albans and pretty much since lockdown began she's had to self isolate uh, my mum has been going over to kind of see her and and I think uh, I, I uh, because she's just an absolute superhero we actually i can skype my nan <laughs> so she has like oh. you know those little like amazon echo things with the screens yes. i i can call my nan and like we can have chats and we've been doing it every week just to kind of stay connected in amongst all of this um i, I wanted to ask you about that and i think it's and it can be a tricky thing to talk about but um you're in a environment that is a, a very it can be obviously very heightened emotionally there, yeah. there's and not just from the residents but for you as staff as well um do you have like a a process where if it's been a particularly heavy challenging day are there are there methods you have for decompressing for just being like yeah so go um, yeah 
so it's, it happened not that long ago, actually. Um, one of our residents passed away, and they tell you not to get attached, but it is literally impossible to not get attached to someone that you are caring for on a daily basis. Of it's, course. it's impossible. You'd be inhumane to not get a connection yeah. with someone. And, and the work you do requires genuine empathy. I think exactly exactly so it's usually i'll cry i just let it out i don't care who i'm in front of i will just (laughs) cry and um it's usually i'll say to my partner look i've had a rough day like run me a bath i'll just sit in the bath and i will cry that's literally all you can do is just cry um at the moment, we've been actually been having um, funerals over Skype as well. So one of, of our course, residents yeah. passed away and, oh, it was a nightmare though. All of the residents are looking to me. It kept buffering. I didn't know what to do. It kept cutting off of the funeral out. And I was oh, like, man. oh, for God's sake. They was all looking at me like, what is going on? And I was like, I don't know. It just keeps buffering. And then it just cut out completely. And I was like, well, that's the end of that. Sorry, guys. Oh, but, man. Yeah. Because that, that's such a specific problem as well that you yeah. have to face. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's not great. Yeah. <gasps> that's, that's that's tough. I mean, it's. I suppose the, the thing I, I, I'm so interested in, and I think it's so... I think a lot of people don't appreciate is that the assumption is that it is just a job, but I think, but the way you speak about it, I think it's very evident that it's not, it's, it's significantly more than that. Um, and have you had any insight into the actual like hiring process for a place like that? Like, do you know sort of what beyond like qualifications? Are there, are there other criteria in that assessment when you're hiring someone to work in a place like that? Yeah, a lot of background checks. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is just all about how compassionate you are. If you're very empathetic, sympathetic, I think you can tell from a person anyway. And you do a lot of shadow training before you actually okay. start working by yourself. So the girls will pick up on it. If you're not cut out for it, you will be called up on it. And people say it is just a job, but with jobs, you can go home and shut off with this you literally cannot stop thinking about it i will go home and i will still be thinking about my residence when i'm at home eating my dinner you can't shut off from this it's constant there's there's no getting away from it so it is difficult yeah that but that's a that's an enormous sacrifice that i think isn't discussed i think it's people just going oh they're being paid away they're being paid so that they they know they know what they're getting into is often the the lines i see when and, and it's very sort of you know bigoted language that really frustrates me when i see it online people talking about people that that do what you do which is oh it's just a job oh they're being paid so they should know what to expect yeah i I think that's really i think it's very ignorant because i think it it doesn't address what you've said which is you don't leave the job at the door you're bringing it home um does that has that had an impact on you at home do you think yeah because some days i can come back and i'm just not in the mood for any of the going on in this house sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like listen guys but i've even taken my daughter into the home and she's met the residents and the residents love her so she can kind of tell as well when i've had a bad day she'll be like oh have you had a bad day at work mummy like are your residents okay like she picks up on it i think everyone in the house suffers when i'm in a bad mood because i kind of bring the whole house down with me not intentionally but it just rubs off on people doesn't it just just by being around energy yeah Yeah. but i think that's really intentional but no but i think it's really cool that you've um you've educated your daughter on what you do i think that's something that again a lot of parents don't do and and that's it but actually what you've done there is i think really really cool because you've 
made it so she understands she can empathize with you as you empathize with your residents something that i don't think gets asked a lot of people in positions like yourself the kind of work that you do um do you have any like if if you were thinking back on these three years that you've been there now do you have any like moments like one-liners or like unexpected comedy that's happened as a result of the work you do (laughs) i've got i've got too much some of it i literally think i'd lose my job oh no no that's uh, i don't don't want you to dob anyone in um but like I i doubt anyone that i work with would ever listen to this but just in case there's some stuff that cannot be brought out of that building but you know what it's every day there is something hilarious going on you've got I don't know, two residents in the lounge fighting over a puzzle. There'll be vases thrown across the the lounge. It's just, it's nuts. But then you've got the days where they've got the music on and they're dancing together or someone's lost their walking stick and they're turning the whole bloody building upside down looking for their walking stick. Like (laughs) every day there is something hilarious or one of them shoved their pad so far into the toilet that they flooded the whole bloody bedroom. (laughs) Oh no. Well, this is the thing. I I feel like you would have like an entire autobiography of just anecdotes of this last three years. Like what at some point, I mean, this is obviously, this is your, you're still very in relative terms, quite early in your career doing this. Um, Do you see in the future at some point you either having progressed through that system, either moving on to something else or, or have you, do you think you found the thing you want to do? I don't know because I could progress. I could become a senior carer. I could yeah. become a registered nurse. I could become an activities coordinator. I could become the administrator. Like there's so many different wow. routes that I could go down. I mean, we've even got a gym. I could become the personal trainer for the residents <laughs> for all I know. I don't know. They, we've got a salon. I could do hairdressing because I'm actually qualified. So I could do anything in the building. So I don't know whether I'd want to leave just yet but then i don't know whether i see myself in that position for the rest of my life because it does it does really wear you down sure yeah i think it will break me but that's very surprising though that you have so many routes you have so many options yeah there is so much so it kind of depending on how it all plays out do you think there'll be a moment in your life where you would want to write this stuff down or share it with people like but after you're done do you think that is that ever something you'd ever thought about? I could literally write a book about this <laughs> stuff. If I ever left the building, I wouldn't care. I'd just be like, right, this is all going down because people need to hear this stuff. Because people think, oh, they're elderly. There's nothing going on in that building. Some of them are more active than me, I'm telling you. <laughs> Some of them are up to no good in there believe me so okay i wasn't ready for that at all we actually a little insight for everyone listening so right before we started recording shawnee was like have you have you made notes <laughs> like she was sort of she like she like checked with me she was like have you, do you know what you're doing and i was like yeah sort of yeah i've got i've got some ideas i did not expect you to bring that up no way <laughs> um but yeah i think that so that's really interesting then because it kind of this does kind of come full circle with what we're trying to do with Unique Minds and kind of have this this ever-expanding network where the conversations around mental health, the stigma is removed and there's yeah. a, a kind of honesty to it. So you've actually been instrumental with us and jumped into our uh, inbox, you know, the private support inbox. And so I kind of wanted to, to ask you about what that first day was like for you because that it 
is doing stuff like this with unique minds does it feel different to the work you do uh in the care home or is there elements that cross over there is it's it is different but the same if that makes sense because with my residents i know they're not at risk i can't i can control everything that happens in that building i know that no harm is going to come to my residents in that building you can never be too sure with the person that comes into inbox what is going to happen of course especially with my first day i had someone that was in a very bad way but didn't want to talk but wanted to talk at the same time. So I was having to make a conversation out of nothing and I was really struggling. But then I used the skills that I have to use at work because you have to converse with your residents at work no matter what you have to. Um, so when I went to my care-based training, um, they put down on the table loads of different things. So they put a book, um, a bottle, a pen. And mm. they said, when you go into a residence room, you just have to find something and you have to make a conversation out of that because you can't not talk to them. So they'd put like the book down in front of you and then they'd make you start a conversation out of that book there and then. And it was honestly the most hardest thing I've ever had to do because I was in front of hundreds of people talking about a book that I've never seen before in my life. Didn't have a clue what it was about. And I was having to talk to this man and just, just wing it. And that's literally all I have to do all the time is I just wing it in inbox at work you just got to wing it really you, you don't know so that's a that's like an exercise in improvisation right like you're having yeah. to literally make it up on the spot yeah wow i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if i could do that if someone just said to me right there's pride here's and prejudice porcelain bird yeah. <laughs> talk about it <laughs> yeah here's a small lego man <laughs> make an interesting story i mean i, I knowing knowing <laughs> our stupid brains we probably could but um, yeah. but that's I, I don't know if i if if really if it came down to it so what kicks in for you there? Like, was that just instinct that you just... Yeah, it's just... It's, oh, I don't know how to explain it. At first, I was just like, oh, God, like, what, what am I going to say? But then you're just like, oh, everyone's looking at me. This is embarrassing now. Like, say something, say something. And then it kind of just... It just The more you think about it, the harder it is. So you do just... You just let it flow, really. And I was probably chatting some right crap about this book. <laughs> but... I was talking, so I got through I suppose, it. Yeah, if that was their criteria, then you've absolutely succeeded, right? Like you've just you've been able to go. Oh, she's talked for twenty minutes about that vase. Great, that's lovely. That's she's hired. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose really the 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 one other thing I wanted to ask you, and this is something that <laughs> I suppose again it can be tricky to talk about. So obviously I appreciate if this is something you can't necessarily answer, but do you have for yourself just literally as a person yourself do you have a process for when you are in situations where people are someone's making maybe like getting angry about something that's happened in the home but you're having to then deal with it like do do you have to face stuff like complaints and things like that from family and and people outside oh you get a lot of complaints from family um only Mm. because they can't at the moment we're getting more complaints than ever at the moment because they can't see what's going on in the building so they're panicking big time thinking oh my god or they'll speak to their mum who's a dementia patient and she's chatting some right waffle about what we're up to none of it's true she's making it all up right but then they're they're complaining because they they can't see but usually um again we just wing it we're calming them down we'll um distract them with something um We've got a really, really good activities team and they're constantly getting the residents up and moving. We've got um, 
armchair aerobics, um, dance lessons. We do karaoke. We do bingo. Um, we do this hungry hippos, like weird, like golf thing. And there's like balloons flying everywhere and like hippos <laughs> on the floor and all sorts. It's mental to watch, I, honestly. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, I just I can't believe that so much of what you not just yourself, but what you guys are doing is about improv and distraction and keeping yeah. those things that that is that a large part of your day to day yeah because you you can't um walk into the building and think oh today's gonna go so easy i sure. i've got a set timetable of how everything's gonna plan out because it doesn't you could be like okay all of the residents are gonna have their breakfast at eight o'clock today nope you've got one of them kicking off the other one's throwing their breakfast up the wall. One of them's gone walkabouts around the building. We don't even know where they are. <laughs> Honestly, it <laughs> Just... doesn't ever go to plan. So it is all about improvisation. And the team, I have such a good team. Like I can't, I'm so grateful for them because if it wasn't for all of us being so close, it just would not work and like my manager she's recently just left she was the manager for three years um so she started when i started and um we are her second family she calls us her second family because she actually spent more time in the building than she did in her own home um yeah so for the relationships that we have it makes it so much easier to work on a daily basis because we all just know like what's going on who's going to be where it, it just works. <laughs> yeah, that, it sounds like that it, That inherent trust is what keeps it working, right? Yeah. It keeps you... I, I mean, that's incredible to hear you talk like that. And uh, I hope, certainly for, for everyone listening to this, but certainly just for myself hearing you speak about this and about the work you do, I it's totally blown me away about just what... Just the amount of things that you're having to adapt to and react to every single day. That's something that's completely blown my mind as you've talked about this. Um, the, but this, to me, it seems such like almost like an alternate world. But for you, it's that is your world. It's normal, right? Yeah. That is an average day. God, I just again, I know that I know that places like the NHS and and care home services have been in in the public conversation a lot. But hearing you speak about this, I I just have such reverence for what you and what other people like you are doing. So just maximum love and, and huge respect for everything you guys achieve. Thank um, you. It's amazing. <laughs> it really is. Um, and we are so so fortunate to have you part of this. Um, so. Ladies and gents, that about wraps it up for episode two of the Unique Minds podcast. Um, Yay! For for those of you, for the (laughs) (laughs) we did for those um, for those of you that are listening three days early. Thanks to the early access tier from our Patreon. Thank you so much for pledging your support. Um, You can get early access to the Unique Minds podcast by pledging five pounds or more in our Patreon campaign. If anyone listening outside of Unique Minds, um, Unique Minds is a Facebook community featuring. Uh, discussions and support around mental health we also have the unique minds inbox both of which on facebook where we offer private confidential one-to-one support for those in need we also have our as i've mentioned already our patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash unique minds where we're raising money to continue evolving and building on what we are doing to hopefully expand our reach and continue to bring really interesting discussions and support to as many people as possible shawnee thank you so much that's okay. I actually quite enjoyed it. I was cacking my pants. <laughs> were you actually were you actually nervous about this? Yeah, because I've never had to 
like again i've just winged it like i'm honestly getting really good at winging it like, i feel like your your improvisation technique has been deployed beautifully tonight yes, which is great it really has but yeah i was really nervous um partly because my dog's winding me up my daughter's still at it upstairs so <laughs> it has been difficult <laughs> i'm so impressed actually that the dog didn't come in for a cameo in oh, this <laughs> um so yeah uh, thank you again for uh, for giving up your time and um We'll uh, we'll see you all for our uh, our third episode. Yay! Cool. Speak to cool. you soon. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Bye.